Hello and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. This is Zach Martin, editor of Regarding ID magazine. Today we're speaking with Terry Hartman, Vice President of Identity Solutions at Unisys, about their company's work with the Mexican National ID program. Thanks for joining us today, Terry. Thanks, Zach. Um, Terry, I just want to dive right into it. Uh, tell me uh, about the ID card. Let's start by telling me what Mexico has been using for an ID card um, in the past, what they've been using so far. Okay, really Mexico haven't had an ID card per se. They have had a voter ID, but uh, they haven't had a document that really helps them uniquely identify their citizens. And the whole purpose of this particular citizen ID project is to comply with Mexico citizens' right to unique identity by improving the ability of the government to uniquely identify the citizens of the country. They're implementing a national ID card for the first time. That's, I guess that would be kind of the big news. Can you give me a little bit more detail on what are some of the other reasons why they've decided to go with the national ID card? Yeah, look, sure. The big news is really not that they're implementing the card, but they're implementing it using all three biometrics. Okay. So they are capturing face and fingerprint and iris biometrics, and it's essentially the first national identity system in the world that will capture iris, will use it for um, identifying the citizens, and will use it from a multimodal fusion point of view. So that really makes it a, a game changer in that respect in terms of verifying identity and detecting fraud. It's split into three separate projects. There's an enrollment project, which was one tender, Mm -hmm. a back-end data collection, biometric matching, uh, data center running project, which is the one we've won, and then in the future there will be a card production tender let. So right now the card production and the type of card is uh, undecided and going through a tender preparation process. Okay. Um... What's the timeline for the, the project, for your portion of the project and, and what you guys are going to be doing? Yeah, look, it's, it's uh, a very uh, fast timeline. The government is keen to get this up and running very quickly. We're talking about six months from now being in a position to start to enroll citizens and match that information. Now, how many people are you talking about enrolling? How many um, enrollment locations are, you guys ta are they talking about setting up? Yeah, they're talking about uh, enrolling up to 110 million citizens over a three- to four-year period and having about 3,000 enrollment locations to do that, in addition to some of the um, locations they have in place now. So it's a lot of locations spread around the country. Uh, it includes children, and, um, and there'll be a program to get people to enroll yeah, starting from uh, later this year. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of locations. So you said they're using some existing locations as well, so they're going to be like driver's license facilities or that sort of thing, or is it something else? Yeah, some of the government, some of the government facilities, but equipment will be put into those locations as per the uh, capture tender, which was essentially for a portable suitcase-style solution to provide equipment to capture uh, face, finger, and iris. Okay. Now, I know the car tender portion hasn't been um, 
hasn't been awarded yet or even issued. I don't. I don't think you said, you said it hasn't been. That tender hasn't been uh, issued yet. That's right. Eventually, is, is this going to be a smart card? Is this going to do? You, do they have any ideas of what kind of applications they want the card to be used for? Uh, yeah, look, there's different applications. I think there's a very uh, good chance if we look at the level of sophistication of the capture and the matching solution that they will also look towards a smart card because they are going to want to use biometrics to verify identity. The smart card facilitates that by being able to have biometric information on the chip. And uh, I think in terms of you know, the applications, there are a number of applications that they'll work through, but some examples are uh, conducting of financial transactions, uh, voter registration to replace the existing voter registration system, uh, and you know the government uh, will will uh, work towards the types of uh, transactions that the card will be valid for. Okay. So if we look at examples like uh, what we've done in in uh, Malaysia with the Citizen ID there, which is a Unisys project, that's a multi-purpose smart card which has a number of applications on the chip. And in fact, in that country, the smart card is not only an identity card, it is also your driver's license. It's also uh, used for collection of tolls on roadways. It's used as a travel card to Brunei. It, um, it provides your ATM card for facility and access to banks. Wow. So there's a host of uh, opportunities and applications that can be downloaded on the card. Uh, in the context of what Malaysia has done. So those sorts of options you know, are all open to the Mexican government to consider. Now, I know how multimodal would work in like a physical access control kind of setting, but I'm actually kind of, not, I'm kind of curious to see if you, if you can explain to me kind of how the multimodal biometrics will work on a smart card. It's not something, well, as you said, it's not something that's really been done before. Um, like, is it going to, you know, basically you're going to have to match the fingerprint and the iris and the face before um, enable the transaction, or is it going to be a different application each time? Yeah, there's two aspects to this. One is uniquely verifying identity. And so if we, for example, consider that we have three potential biometrics to use to uniquely identify the person, then multimodal gives you the ability for, to, for example, search your population based on iris, uh, resolve, and then resolve that. If you don't have a hit there, you can search fingerprint. And so you can put in various business rules about how you will search those results in terms of order and how you will fuse those results. That all from the purposes of, is, have we seen this person before? Can we be confident they're applying for this uh, national citizen identity for the first time? When it comes to verification, then you get into the options of, okay, I've got three types of biometric here. Which ones will I uh, allow a citizen to verify their identity with? Now, in some implementations, you could give the citizen a choice of whether you're going to use your iris for a one-to-one -one verification or you're going to use your finger for a one-to-one -one verification or, indeed, your face for a one-to-one -one verification. It may vary upon the type of application that's on the smart chip itself. So multimodal lets, gives you different options to offer the citizen to verify their identity uh, and 
you know, has the advantages that if one is, is compromised, you have another biometric there to use. And from the duplicate matching point of view, when we start to talk about a population in the millions, then it allows us to be more efficient in terms of determining that we do have a unique identity and how we go about doing that. Okay. With this being kind of the first national ID card that's using multimodal biometrics, um, are you guys hoping you can take the experience here and use it um, in other implementations as well? Yeah, absolutely. There are a number of national identity opportunities around the world at the moment, particularly in uh, Latin America and in Africa and, uh, and in Asia as well. India, for example, right now is uh, going for a identity card and they've specified face, finger and iris uh, as uh, a result of their study done independently. So it's not hard to see how uh, experience in Mexico can be a catalyst for other opportunities. Are you guys just in general seeing a lot of activity with countries around the world um, upgrading their national ID card programs? Not so much upgrading as introducing. Okay. Uh, I think that some are upgrading where they might be going from, say, a Magstripe card to, to think about smart chip enabling that or biometrically enabling it. But in the main, it's countries that don't have a national ID, uh, certainly don't have a biometrically enabled national ID, that are moving towards having that because they recognise the problems of identity fraud and the need to, uh, to more uh, accurately verify their uh, citizens and give them the ability to uh, prove their identity. Okay, great. Um, Terry, is there anything else uh, about the Mexican project that you guys are working on that I failed to ask about that our listeners should know about? Uh, I think you've covered most of the topics. I think the important points you know, are that this is um, a project that has you know, been in the planning for some time, that it's been uh, sensibly divided into an enrollment project versus a um, back-end matching, ver matching uh, uniquely project and then card production separately. That allows them to phase in the implementation and, and effectively uh, put in the system and meet their timelines. And I think the key thing here is IRIS has been now a big time biometric and gone from something that's used for access control here and there to actually being prime time in terms of being seen uh, by Mexico firstly, now by India, as a genuine biometric for uniquely identifying people and enabling that to be done in a fast and accurate way. And so that whole focus then starts to lead you into the use of IRIS and then verification of IRIS either through um, regular cameras or through iris uh, in motion technology, capturing people's irises as they're moving and, and that type of technology, which is all very different to perhaps the traditional fingerprint access control that's been, and uh, fingerprint verification that's being used today. Well, Terry, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today on this latest edition of the Guardian IP Podcast. No problem at all, Zach.